Each week, the Bible as Literature podcast brings you in-depth discussion of the biblical text in a format short enough for your morning commute, but long enough to be substantive, posing difficult questions meant to keep you engaged. If you value this work, please consider donating as little as 25 cents per episode. That's just $1 per month. To learn more, please visit patreon.com forward slash Bible. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash Bible. Thank you. Hi. This is Father Mark Bulos with the Bible as Literature podcast. Faced with stubborn teenagers, a wise parent is steadfast and repetitive. Nothing under the heavens save the feet of those that preach the gospel. Nothing is more beautiful than a parent who disciplines through repetition. By patiently and stubbornly repeating a wise statement, the parent inscribes wisdom in such a way that it can never be erased. Maybe that's why the topic of bread keeps reappearing in Matthew. Richard and I discuss the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 5 to 12. You're listening to the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos. And this is Dr. Richard Benton. And you are listening to episode 321 of the Bible as Literature podcast. Last week, we talked about my favorite topic, which is the sign of Jonah. I love hammering that point because it's a point everyone ignores, rejects, misses, and in the final analysis, really doesn't want to hear, including the disciples. They don't want to hear that the word that came to Jonah is the only sign. And that is a nice segue into these next few verses this morning. A lot of people, when they hear the sign of Jonah, think the sign of Jonah is that he was in the belly of the whale for three days, and then he was spit out, and whoa, this is like the resurrection. And so the sign of Jonah must be then the resurrection. But the thing is, the whale and the spitting out or the regurgitation of Jonah from the whale had a very specific function. Jonah was on the wrong track. Jonah was fleeing from his duty. Jonah was fleeing from his duty, which was to deliver the word. And the whale, the big fish, had a very specific function, which was to reroute Jonah, to hijack Jonah's plan so he could bring Jonah back to the land so that he could deliver the word to Nineveh. The three days in the belly of the whale was not so that he would come out and everyone would ooh and ah. It was so that Jonah would do his duty, which he had tried to escape, which was to deliver the word to the king of Nineveh. If you want to talk about the resurrection as the sign of Jonah, the resurrection then must function in order to be sure that the word is delivered to the foreign king and to the foreigners so that they hear and repent. The sign is the word, and the fish just makes sure that the word is delivered in spite of the reluctance of the prophet. It's funny how important delivering the word is, and <laughs> it's also funny how the disciples respond to that command from the Lord. There's a parallel here in Matthew, interestingly, 
between the disciples and the prophet, because both the disciples and Jonah were given an important commission. And Jonah, in a way that I find personally appealing, (laughs) was just grumpy about it. The disciples were less noble than Jonah, because it's not that they're grumpy, it's that they're clueless. It's better to be grumpy and resistant than it is to be clueless. It will be better for Jonah in that day than it is for the disciples. And the disciples came to the other side of the sea, but they had, (laughs) sorry, I can't help myself, but they had forgotten to bring any bread. (laughs) It's too funny. The disciples were not known for their theological skills, or it seems for their practical skills. One thing they could have done is make sure that there was enough to eat, and their preparations for following Jesus, this is often what happens even in the parish, where everyone thought that the other person was supposed to bring it. Oh, I thought they did it. Well, they're the ones who usually do it. Well, doesn't Jesus usually supply the bread? So they don't have any bread. And we saw above that there is this play between bread and the teaching. The disciples both look ignorant in their ability to plan for a voyage, but they also look ignorant in their ability to teach because they forgot the content of the teaching and they forgot to bring that teaching along with them. Anybody who had or has a serious father knows that if he sends you to the corner store and you come back empty-handed and you tell him, I forgot to bring any money, you know that conversation doesn't end well for you. (laughs) It's a very serious thing. You don't just forget to bring the money. You don't just forget to bring the bread of the gospel on the journey when you've been commanded repeatedly in the gospel of Matthew to take nothing for the journey except the bread of the gospel. And Jesus said to them, watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So you didn't bring the teaching with you You are now vulnerable because when they agitate you with the false teaching, you're not equipped to deal with it. So be careful. Watch out. You didn't heed my warning. Now you're vulnerable. It reminds me very much of the Psalter. You ask the Lord repeatedly in the Psalms to guide you with his wisdom and to protect and safeguard your steps along the path. This metaphor also appears in other wisdom literature besides the Psalms, that wisdom keeps your foot from slipping. But how can you avoid falling into a trap if you left your copy of the Bible at home? Where's the bread? The problem of falling in this trap that the Pharisees and Sadducees fell in is that they pay attention to what's going on around them, but they aren't paying attention to Scripture. They're looking to plan ahead based on what they see with their eyes, but they don't listen to that word. And Jesus is warning them that the core of this bread is rotten, and it's going to spoil the bread. It's going to spoil the teaching. So the fact that the Pharisees and the Sadducees do not focus on Scripture as their reference means that the teaching they have is corrupt. In Galatians, if God is the one who is kneading the dough through his instruction, and then imposters come in and agitate what the Lord is kneading with his own hands, which is Paul's teaching in Galatians, 
the teaching that he trusts in. He doesn't have confidence in his disciples. He has confidence in that teaching. When the agitation comes, it will make the bread of instruction, the bread of the gospel, to rise. That is an excellent Paschal metaphor, which is why we hear the reading about the leaven at the tomb in our tradition. But if the disciples don't come with the instruction, and everybody's looking for a sign, they're going to assume that whatever the Pharisees are carrying around is the reference. Jesus is going beyond that. He doesn't trust his own disciples because, like Paul, he has no confidence in them. His confidence is in the bread that he entrusted to them. It's not in them. Without the bread, we have a problem. That's the key. You have to think scripturally when you hear these stories. And you can't do what people do and say, ah, what's the big deal? They forgot the bread. That's why Western civilization is in decay. I'll never forget the video someone posted online, Rich, of the Muslim soccer player in Great Britain. A big, important tournament with millions of people in the stadium. And some British person threw a piece of bread on the field. In the middle of the game, he stopped and made a sacred gesture from the Muslim tradition. He touched the bread to his forehead and kissed it, and he set it on the side. Because the bread that comes from the earth is from the hand of God. You don't throw it on the field. So it's a big deal that they forgot the bread. We don't think about it that way because we think we can go to the corner store and just buy another bag of bread. And then we throw the plastic in the garbage and we have no regard for what happens to the environment. And if we drop the bread on the floor, we throw it away. We don't think about it. So we have to take it seriously. Either it counts or it doesn't count. And in Scripture, everything counts. They began to discuss this among themselves, saying, He said that because we did not bring any bread. My question, before even seeing the next verse, Rich, what is there to discuss? What is there to discuss? The past several verses have been about bread. They keep saying, where's the bread? We don't have bread. How can we feed these people? And Jesus keeps showing up with more bread. Because the fountain of the gospel has no bottom. So the discussion, in a way, is insulting. I know people don't think this way because we're not serious anymore. But when you understand the value of time, that discussion is insulting, especially if you keep in mind the end of the story when Jesus is going to be executed for the sake of that bread. So what are we talking about? The confusion that the disciples have at both feeding of the crowds, where they thought, oh, the bread, it's about the bread. And they don't understand that this in the hand of the Son of God is more than just bread, and it is within the control of God's. It is within his purview. When the disciples see the bread, they say, oh, there's not enough bread to go around. And Jesus says, this is not the point. And he prays to his father as he does in the first episode. And there's plenty of bread and there's plenty left over so that each disciple has enough bread. This is the bread that comes from this teaching. All they heard was leaven. 
when he says the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. When the Pharisees and the Sadducees act a particular way and Jesus dresses them down, it's not just for the sake of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's also for the disciples to hear. And Jesus reminds them that he didn't just dress these guys down for their sake or for his sake. It was for the disciples' sake as well. Don't fall in the same trap, Jesus is saying. But because they're thinking about bread, they feel bad because they didn't bring bread. When he says, be careful of the leaven, it's like, oh, it's bread. No. Jesus wants to be sure that they heard the lesson, which was don't be looking around and looking with your eyes as your reference. Use your ear for the reference as you listen to scripture, and that this is the leaven that creates the teaching. It's about the teaching, and with the teaching comes the bread. Don't worry about the bread that you look around and you see with your eyes, but the bread you receive through the ear. But Jesus, aware of this, said, You men of little faith, why do you discuss among yourselves that you have no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets full you picked up? Or the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many large baskets full you picked up? Jesus is hitting this exact chord. Where was your brain? Was it plugged in? When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves, where was your brain? How could you forget to bring the bread when I keep providing the bread? Why are you talking about bread? Can't you see that I'm the provider? God in Genesis will provide the lamb for the offering. If you still think you have to make the lamb yourself, you're not hearing scripture. Jesus knew the disciples didn't need to bring bread because he knew that he could provide the bread and he did it twice before. So why are the disciples worried about not having enough bread when they saw that Jesus provides bread? So that part is already done. Jesus is like, I'm not going to feed another 5,000. You got to see it twice. But there's an additional irony here, which is that the Pharisees and the Sadducees asked for a sign. And Jesus said, there's no sign but the sign of Jonah. But the disciples actually saw a sign. He actually saw that Jesus was able to provide bread and was able to provide the word even more than was necessary in spite of what they saw with their eyes because it was rooted in faith in the word, the teaching of the Father. And so he says, you have little faith, meaning you don't trust me. After all this, you still don't trust me and you're worried about the bread. How can you be so concerned about the bread? These are the same disciples who heard Jesus tell them how to pray, give us this day our daily bread. It's up to God to provide the bread, not the disciples. Thank God. If it were up to the disciples to provide the bread, we know we'd be stuck. So Jesus is having to train his disciples because he's not going to be around forever. They are going to have to be diverted, just like Jonah was, so that they can provide the word, they can provide the teaching, they can provide the bread. So there was enough left over so that they would have enough so that they could hand it on. They need to have faith that this word does not come from them, and the word does not come from their remembering to bring it or not. The bread comes from the teaching that came from Jesus. How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread. 
But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This is Jesus being patient and fatherly in his repetition. When your son or your daughter doesn't listen to you, you repeat yourself. When they don't listen, you say it again. So the disciples really are, in this sense, behaving like children and not in the dreamy sense that everyone gets excited about in the Gospel of Mark, let the children come to me. No, that's not what we're talking about here. Because in that sense of a child, they are not behaving like children. Because children understand their dependence on their parents. So you might say that the disciples here are behaving like teenagers who really think that their job at McDonald's is producing money that belongs to them. I know in the U.S. you like to teach your kids how to manage their money and you let them think that it's their money and their account. And that's fine for teaching finance. But if you allow them to really believe that it's their money while they're living in your house and you are providing for them, it's your mistake. And you're going to produce people like this who forget to bring the bread when they're supposed to. The disciples need to have the message drilled in again and again. And here's the trick with literature. We, hearing the story, are disciples, which means the author is assuming that we didn't get it. (laughs) So don't be too excited that I'm telling you the disciples are like teenagers. What does that say about us? Yes, we're in the position of having to listen to this again as well. And I like how he puts it. How do you not understand? What more can I do? And I like that in some manuscripts, it says not about bread, but about breads. This is not about loaves of bread. This is about bread. This is about the bread. They were worried about not bringing breads, meaning loaves of bread. And he says, no, this is about the bread. How do you not understand? You saw it with your own eyes. So on the one hand, the scribes and Pharisees are complaining because they want to see some kind of sign because then they'll believe. But then the disciples have no faith because they actually did see it without asking for a sign, and they don't believe, and they don't have faith. Jesus is stuck between a rock and a hard place. He's got the Pharisees and the Sadducees on the one side who don't want to understand and don't, and he's got the disciples on the other hand who want to understand but do not. He's got clowns to the left of him and jokers to the right, but he's stuck in the middle between these guys and he can't get through to them. How is he going to train these disciples so that they can carry on the word, that they can feed the crowds after Jesus is gone with the word when they just don't get it? How do you not understand? Then they understood that he did not say to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So the repetition is valuable. The repetition is necessary because here we see characters in the story that repeatedly miss the point, but the story and Jesus in the story is faithful and steadfast and long-suffering just like we hear in the Old Testament. A long-suffering parent, mother or father, keeps repeating the message, stays with the child until the message lands a punch, 
And even if it doesn't, a good parent knows that after they're gone, their children will spend the rest of their life trying to escape what their parents told them, even if it's true. (laughs) You can't get your mom or your dad's voice out of your head. That's why it's so important to read scripture to your children and not your nonsense ideas. And that's what Jesus is doing. So there is hope because if they can be corrected here in the spirit of the Psalter, correcting your steps, there's a possibility that after Jesus is gone, his words will finally truly register with them so that they can walk along the path of righteousness according to the precepts of God's wisdom. The fact that they finally grasped it when Jesus says you did not understand. Now, this is a judgment against the reader, because as we said a moment ago, we're in the position of the disciples who don't get it, and Jesus can't understand how, after all this time, do you still not get it? Because now the disciples did get it. So the judgment on us is, did we get it? Now, let me give a little caveat. Oftentimes, when we hear Jesus judged, it means that Jesus condemned. It's not condemnation necessarily, it's a judgment, meaning the judge can either declare innocent or guilty. So it may be a condemnation. So the judgment is that we heard, we heard the story of the 5,000, we heard the story of the seven loaves, we saw this dispute between Jesus and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and then the dispute between Jesus and the disciples. After all that, dear listener, did you hear Did you understand? Do you now trust? Do you now believe that this is not about the leaven of breads, but the leaven of a teaching, that the teaching is at the core of everything? And as people are mobbing the shops, they're not thinking about the teaching. They want the bread they can see with their eyes. When they're looking for the breads, are they thinking about the leaven of the bread of the teaching, which they do follow? Faith trust in that leaven allows that loaf to rise and become the teaching that then they are able to pass on to those around them. But they must trust that Jesus is the one who provides the bread, which is scripture. May that bread, Dr. Benton, be the only sign we ever seek. Thanks very much. Thank you, Father. You've just heard the Bible as literature. Thanks for listening. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.